0: There we go. Okay, so, would normally be here, and I'll just just for the sake of footage, I'll stop here and walk forward. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three and One who comes to make us his royal priesthood. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what are some of your favorite cliches? Uh, Cliches are, are these things that we have in our language that tend to uh, sort of show some things about uh, what it is that we're trying to say, and it, it, they tend to do some other stuff as well. And so when we say something like, uh, let's touch base on that, you can imagine the confusion that somebody who is not a native speaker of English would encounter when you say, okay, let's go and touch base. What does that mean? Where is this base? How do I touch it? What do I touch it with? All of those things. But if you're a native speaker, you understand what that means. That means let's get together, let's um, uh, come together, let's let's look at the fundamentals of this issue, and then after that we'll be able to go on about the rest of our base running, I suppose. And so, uh, the cliches like those are, are interesting. Cliches like, uh, I'm as happy as a kid in a candy store. A- and, and you kind of wonder, like, okay, well, what's this kid doing in a candy store all by themselves, and, and, and why is that something that tends to evoke this understanding of, of how happy you are? And, and But they're not only just sort of picturesque language. Uh, a cliché is something that is beyond picturesque language. It's picturesque language that is shared by everybody in the culture. It, it's language, these, these sort of language pictures that are shared by the people that are together. And so when I am able to say to you, hey, let's touch base on that, or when I'm able to say to you, hey, I'm happy as a kid in a candy store— Part of what I'm doing is I'm reaffirming that we have something in common. Now, uh, today is Mother's Day, and, and one of the interesting things about mothering is that uh, no matter uh, your relationship with your mother and, and how that was or, or lack of relationship, you understand that there's sort of this baseline cliche understanding of what motherhood is all about and that sometimes that comes across in terms of cliched things that mothers might say. And so uh, a mother might tell you to be careful because you're going to poke your eye out. And when you hear that, you just kind of get this smile on your face, and you go, oh, yeah, that's something that a mother would say. It doesn't necessarily have to be anything that your mother would say. It's just something that a mother would say, because we recognize that when we're thinking about what it means to be a mother, that part of that is that uh, our idealized picture of what a mother is is somebody who cares about our self-harm. Harm. And, and someone who cares that uh, we might harm ourselves and wants us to not ha- harm ourselves. Another thing that your mother might say is, Am I talking to a brick wall? And uh, th- that might come across as a little angry, but that's definitely also a mothering cliche. It's a cliche that, that comes across as, uh, you know, we tend to get wrapped up in ourselves, and we tend not to listen to the people that care about us, especially sometimes our mothers. And when we do that, we usually end up in that category where we're going to harm ourselves again. And so we've got all of these cliches, and, and these cliches, they give us a way of speaking about things, and they give us a way of affirming that there, there's some sort of cultural cohesion around that idea. And so we can kind of understand what mothering is by looking at mothering cliches. We can understand what our culture is all about by looking at culture cliches, just things like the, the touching base. And... Here in the readings for today, the readings for this Mother's Day, which is actually more importantly uh, a Sunday of Easter, the fifth Sunday of Easter, when we look at those things, we, we start to see that there's some cliches that are found in these readings. The, these things that, they're, well, they're, they're just things that seem to pop up in Christianity all of the time. And so we start off with our our major text here, which is from 1 Peter 2. And there's definitely kind of this cliche that we hear there that is sort of unintelligible to people that are outside of our belief structure, outside of our understanding of who God is. When Peter says to these people, you are like living stones. And you start to think in terms of understanding that as somebody who doesn't know what Christianity is about, and you go, well, that sounds ridiculous. What does that mean, that I'm a living stone? How does that mean that I am to behave in the midst of this? Am I supposed to be more sort of rock-like, or am I supposed to be more sort of living and, uh, and so we, we run into that, that problem with the cliche, but if you're a Christian, you know what that cliche is all about. It means that we're all like stones gathered together and, and kind of stacked up with one another in order to create ourselves and have ourselves be created by God as this holy priesthood, this, this sort of understanding of the body of Christ being built up into a temple. And so we, we've got that cliche that's sort of like front and center in, in the midst of this reading. And, and uh, on top of that, we have another thing that tends to be sort of a cliche for Christians, where we talk about Jesus as our cornerstone, or the keystone of what it means to be a Christian, that without Jesus, we're just rocks. We, we're just rubble. We, we just all fall apart. But with this Jesus Christ at our corner, we're all, we're all sort of held together. And we understand that because we understand what these the sort of Christian cliches are all about. And yet we have to recognize that, well, there's some people out there that they don't get that. They don't understand what it means that, that the chief stone that Jesus was rejected and now has become the cornerstone. And we have to do a little bit of work in order to explain those things out. And uh, that's not the only cliche that's in our reading. In in fact, there's a lot of cliches in our reading that that sort of don't shine brightly upon us. They're they're sort of biblical cliches. They're cliches about sinners. And that starts off with that reading from Acts. Now, that reading from Acts is, is about Stephen, but it's also about what this Christian community looks like, even in its early form. Uh, Last Sunday, we read that great part of of Acts 2 where we hear that the Christian people are coming together and they're breaking bread with one another and they're praying with one another and they're listening to the apostles' teaching. And here, not just five chapters later, we have Christians being sinners again. Christians who are uh, neglecting the Greek widows in the midst of the distribution of food. They're playing favorites with uh, the people that they are most like ethnically and culturally. And so because of that, they have to bring in seven guys, seven deacons, who are, uh, just from their names, it appears to be mostly Greek And the apostles do this partially so that they can devote their time to preaching and explaining the Word of God and to praying, but also partially to even the score and to say, okay, the the Greek ladies are going to get as much as the Jewish ladies in the distribution of food that goes to the widows. And there's a little bit of a cliché there. I mean, how clichéd is it, honestly, that Christians are taking care of themselves before they take care of the people that are out there that should be receiving the same care that their own do. And how cliched is it that the church has to figure out, okay, how do we fix this problem? Because honestly, the church is always doing that because the church is filled with sinners. And the church consistently has to go to God and say, Lord, How how do we fix this problem of behavior? We know that you fixed our problem of sin, but we need to figure out how to change these systems so that we don't continue to do these sins, or at least we make it a little bit more difficult to continue to do these sins. And so that's one of the cliches that we find in the midst of these readings. And the the other one uh, comes up in this gospel reading, this gospel reading where, where Jesus says to his disciples, I, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And, and uh, he, he seems to be very clear about that. And, and maybe it sounds clear because to us that's kind of a cliche. That's something that we hear a lot. In fact, this is one of the readings that we most often hear at funeral services for the people that we love. This statement of Jesus' that he is the way and the truth and the life, and that nobody comes to the Father except through him, and that he goes in order to prepare a place for us. And that's why it's so comforting for us to hear that when we see a loved one who is in a casket or whose memorial service that we are going to. Because we, we understand that, that what Jesus is talking about is that he is the only way for us to get out of this mortal coil that we have and go on to the next place and to live in complete peace and happiness. And yet, there's something about that that must be a cliche because his disciples act in a very cliched disciple way in that they don't get it. They don't understand. They, they say Things that seem to almost upset Jesus. Jesus responds back to them. How long have I been with you and you still don't understand this? Even Jesus saying that almost seems like a cliche. It seems like something that happens over and over again. And because it happens over and over again, there's some sense of familiarity there for us. And, And that's a good thing. Because that tells us that, that Jesus is going to treat us like he treated Philip and Thomas. He, he's, he's not going to berate us. He is kind of going to ask a question. How long have you been doing this Christian thing and you still don't get this? How long have you been doing this Christian thing and you still don't understand how to do some of these basic Christian disciplines? How long have you been doing this Christian thing and you still don't get some of these basic Nuggets of the fundamentals of Christianity. And yet he still says, but the promise is still there for you. The the promise is still there that you will be my disciples. The promise is still there that you will be a part of that royal priesthood. That promise is still there in the midst and almost because the cliché, because at some level we have to recognize that clichés are kind of comforting. Clichés let us know what life is like. Clichés let us know what motherhood at least should be like. Clichés let us know what are the things in this world that we can rely upon. And to that, all of Scripture, in some ways, is its own cliche, that it tells us the same thing over and over again, to the point that we can start to ingest the language and understand it in a way that doesn't seem novel at all. Even for Peter, in the midst of this first Peter reading, he's He's relating back to Isaiah and to the Psalms. He's saying, this is nothing new. This This is a cliche. And the cliche is that God loves us. The cliche is that God cares about us. And the cliche is that he is going to send someone to save us. The new thing is that we now know who that is. We know who this Jesus Christ is. Who has come in order to save us? That we may understand that so well that it seems almost like it's not even worth noticing sometimes. But it is. And it's there for us. Underneath. The very familiar phrasings of the many different things that we say as Christians. That Jesus is there for us. That Jesus loves us. That we are made into his people. Those things may seem familiar, they may also seem cliched. But they're important. And they're comforting. And we hope that you allow them to be that for you. So now may you this week, may you bump into all of those Christian cliches and where you find them to be comforting, where you find them to be almost unassuming. May you find a bit of peace In the midst of what Christ has to say to you. Even if it's a little cliched. Amen.